Hello, this is Mr. Earl Johnson Jr., KPFA Local Election Supervisor, with an important message. This summer, we will hold separate but simultaneous staff and listener elections for half the seats of the local station board. Please consider running for the board to ensure that the need of the station in our community are met. Candidate nominations opens on June 1st and close June 30th. To run or vote in the upcoming election, you must be a member of KPFA by June 30th. For listeners, this means a donation of at least $25 between July 1st of last year and June 30th of this year, or three hours of volunteer station work, or a hardship waiver. To see the election calendar or download a nomination package, please visit election.pacifica.org or call 510-848-6767, extension 605. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. Welcome back to the second half of our new experiment. Well, it's not so new. We've done this before. Jack Foley and Nina Serrano bringing you poetry, stories, songs. We were just discussing KPFA. There's going to be an election. Isn't that wonderful? It's democracy because KPFA stands for democracy. But to keep KPFA going, thank you, dear listeners, who all donated during the fund drive last week. But we now need you to please pay your pledges. With those pledges paid, we can keep the microphones live. And we need it, and we can get all kinds of necessary things in order to keep the station up to date and to keep all of the things we need, microphones, oh God, all the things we need functioning. So please, honor your pledges, honor the station, honor yourselves, and bring that money to us. We can use it and we'll use it well. As you know, it's, it's the reason why you pledged to begin with. Um, we love to talk to you. We love to hear you. As you listen to us, we listen to you. And we need your pledges. We're going to go on now into um, something else um, that's been we've been talking about. We were wondering what we would do for theme music. Now, what you're going to hear is the full version of theme music. These were theme music is only, you know, a very short little bit. But what we're going to do is to let you in on what it is we were considering. We were considering two things. First was um, a wonderful Cole Porter song. That was written in 1927 and recorded in 1928. It's called Let's Misbehave. And it was done by a man named Irving Aronson and his commanders with a vocal refrain by Phil Sachs and chorus. And it's a great Porter song. I'll perhaps read the lyric after you hear uh, the song because I don't read all of the words and actually the whole thing is really terrific. And there, this is particularly odd because there's one couplet in it which probably wasn't written by Porter. Uh, if you'll be if 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 you'll be sweet and only meet your fate, dear, it would be the great event of 1928, dear. It's not in Porter's collected lyrics. So it was probably done by Irving Aronson or one of his commanders. But it's a wonderful song. And there's a lot of things involved in misbehaving. Porter, 
1928, and Porter was blossoming basically in the 30s, but he's a great hymnist of the freedom and experimentation of the 1920s. And this is at the very end of the 1920s, full of the energy of the 1920s. And by let's misbehave, he means let's do anything, because as he also wrote in another song, anything goes. This is Let's Misbehave, performed by Irving Aronson and his commanders, straight out of 1928. Charleston like that. That was just amazing. <laughs> oh, I thanks, see. Jack. <laughs> it's extraordinary to watch. You know, I just had a thought listening to that. That was 1928. They were worrying about misbehaving. And, in fact, the ruling class was misbehaving because in 1929, 
was the Great Crash. 1929 was on its way. <laughs> they didn't know. At the beginning of this worldwide <laughs> depression yes. that ended with World War II. So uh, there was plenty of misbehaving going on. Well, in a different way, too. Um, one of the ways you can misbehave is to be a revolutionary. That's the best way. That's the best way, yes. And Porter, of course, was a very rich man. And he could, you know, I don't have to do anything about bourgeois morality. I can do anything I want to. Let's misbehave. So it was partly that, but also partly a sense of the 20s having possibilities. Let's not just behave in the way that we've behaved forever and ever and ever. Let's do something different. Let me read you the lyrics here because they're marvelous words. Poetry, really. You could have a great career. And you should. Only one thing stops you, dear. You're too good. If you want a future, darling, why don't you get a past? Because that fateful moment's coming at last. We're all alone. No chaperone can get our number. The world's in slumber. Let's misbehave. There's something wild about you, child, that's so contagious. Let's be outrageous. Let's misbehave. When Adam won Eve's hand, he wouldn't stand for teasing. He didn't care about those apples out of season. They say that spring means just one thing. To little love birds. We're not above birds. Let's misbehave. Of course, birds are above us. It's getting late. And while I wait, my poor heart aches on. Why keep the brakes on? Let's misbehave. I feel quite sure un peu d'amour would be attractive. While we're still active, let's misbehave. You know, my heart is true, and you say you for me care. Somebody's sure to tell, but what the hell do we care? They say that bears have love affairs, and even camels. We're merely mammals. Let's misbehave. That was Cole Porter, making very good advice in many respects. But, Nina, you said, well, that's good, but um, I have another idea. What was your idea? My idea is that theme music should be instrumental. And it should be the kind of instrumental that has both uh, comedy and tragedy possibilities in it. So that if the show were to be uh, a memorial show one time or uh, or uh, something very comic, that it would it would suit the mood, that it would introduce all of these elements in it. So that to me, instrumental music. And I usually think of theme music as being uh, 11 seconds, maybe 20 so just enough to let the listener hear the music and be reminded that, oh, yes, I've heard this before. Oh, yes, it means these voices are coming on and this is what I'm going to be hearing. So I've been looking for that kind of music. But I know that you had another song that you had also mentioned by one of your favorite composers. And maybe you could tell us about that. Okay, not a song, really, but... Rhapsody in Blue, George Gershwin. One of the things that's interesting about Let's Misbehave and that particular record is that you will note that the vocal does not begin the record. This is a record for people who want to dance. So the music is the primary thing and the rhythm and all of that. That's the primary thing. Yes, there's a vocal, but the vocal doesn't begin until you're well into the record and starting to dance. Um, now, 
Jazz was understood as music you could dance to. George Gershwin said, okay, it is that. But that's not all it is. It can be something else. And he began to write this piece. He, um, Paul Whiteman commissioned him to write an extended piece. And uh, it was to be an all-jazz concert at the Aeolian Hall in New York City in February 1924. And it was to be an experiment in modern music, which was the name of it. And he asked George to produce a classical piece. George said, no, there's not enough time. But then he changed his mind for various reasons, and he did produce the piece. And Ira was looking, his brother Ira was looking at a uh, exhibit of paintings by Whistler, James McNeil Whistler. And they had titles like Nocturne in Blue and Gold. And he thought, hmm, Rhapsody in Blue. What we're going to play is different from your sense of Rhapsody in Blue as it usually is played. This was the first recording of it. It's an acoustic recording. It's, it, the sound is not great, obviously. It's 1924. And it was recorded in June, very soon after the uh, the original production of the, uh, of the piece, uh, which was in February. So this is a June 10th, 1924 acoustic recording of Rhapsody in Blue with George Gershwin at the piano, as he was in the Aeolian Hall. And... One of the things that's happened over the 20th century as people, and as Gershwin died, and, and as people began to play this piece, one of the things that people had against it, they didn't like it, some of them. There were a lot of people who felt that it was too nasty, too jazzy. A lot of things in this piece, and you'll hear them on this recording, but you won't in many others, are thumbing of the nose. There's a lot of street smarts in this version. And there are passages which people dwell on and extend and romanticize in so many versions of Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Not in this one. The composer is going right through those passages. There are romantic passages in it, but there are also comic passages and really thumbing your nose kind of passages. It's both a classical piece and, in a way, a parody of classical pieces, which is also true, I think, of the uh, Cole Porter song. It's both a love song and a parody of a love, love song at the same time. You'll also hear, and this is quite interesting, too, that Paul Whiteman's orchestra didn't know how to play jazz. And you'll hear several passages that sound like they're a German marching band and a one and a two where they don't syncopate. Musicians of the time, many, many musicians of the time, simply couldn't hear jazz. They couldn't syncopate. They didn't know how to do it. Gershwin is fine. And for the most part, this is fine. But there are a couple of moments in it when you hear Whiteman clunkily uh, directing his musicians and a one and a two and a three and a four. It comes in under ten minutes. It's about nine minutes, just a little bit over. But this was the first time this piece was visited upon American ears. Gershwin said he wrote it on a train with its steely rhythms, its rattly bang. I frequently hear music in the very heart of noise. And there's something about this piece that gives you 
both music and the heart of Norris, Rhapsody in Blue, as it was first played.
That was George Gershwin thundering from the past, the thundering notes of Rhapsody in Blue with Paul Whiteman's orchestra. First performance of Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, this is Jack Foley, and I'm here with Nina Serrano, and we're doing this show together, and we'd like to hear from you and let, let us know what you think of the, this kind of stuff that we've been putting forth, and um, we'd love to find out. We're going to end the show with just a couple of short poems. This is a children's poem that I wrote, a nonsense poem. Dreamily, dramily, all in the family. Dreaming I'm up on a cucumber moon, and I'm starting to sup on a little balloon when I suddenly wake to the sound of a large pythographical snake sailing out on a barge to encounter the soul of the barber that snipped his hair with a bowl down his shoulders it dripped. Pythographical snake, said the barb with a shrug. You're at best a half-bake. You will soon be a rug. But then I awoke with a very big start, and I heard as you spoke, Wake up little heart, and I woke, dreamily, dreamily, all in the family. Wonderful, Jack. I'm going to close with To Die of Joy in the River, a poem that I wrote for the great Persian poet Rumi. To Die of Joy in the River. To die of joy in the river, sighs the drop, falling, falling into the greater water, one drop of many rushing to the ocean, flowing along in the mingling, no longer a drop but a mass, rippling current swift, no longer a drop but a sea, then a mighty splash of spray evaporating to rebirth as a raindrop, and again to die of joy in the river. What a way to go out <laughs> with both of us. All right, Nina, thank you very much. And thank you for all all of you who, who are listening to the two of us go on in this way and to George Gershwin and to Ivan Arguelles and to Piri Thomas and to all of them. And that's George expressing himself a little bit more. Wishing you, oh, thanks, Jack. This was great. And we wish you all a very wonderful rest of your day. Bernstein of the Flashpoint Show. Thank you for doing your part. Your donation has helped KPFA to get very close to our goal and keep this spring drive as short as possible. Thanks for supporting the Bay Area's only independent media outlet for news, culture, and arts. If you haven't donated yet, please do the right thing and help us close the gap and donate today at kpfa.org. If you've already donated, please follow through on your pledge to 94.1 FM, community-powered KPFA. Thank you.
And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 4 p.m. Stay tuned next for Hard Knock Radio. One, two, three, four. Y'all ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen. 